What's happening, everybody? Ryan Thomas here. Another edition of the Thomas Takeover postgame show. I'm your host today, Degenerate Al, is uh, in Houston. And, and Houston, you know, we had a little bit of a problem yesterday. I think it's safe to say. Houston, we definitely had a problem. Um, not until the second half, but boy, what a roller coaster ride of a game it was yesterday. Bills fall to the Texans 22 to 19 in overtime. Uh, on a uh, late game field goal and my goodness I mean where to begin Ryan it, 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 you were watching the game with your folks out in Lockport right uh, actually I was in Tonawanda yesterday Tonawanda and, and the I mean the experience the, the game itself outside of the actual result of the game I think any Bills fan would say that it was an entertaining game I oh, mean, certainly. I was entertained from from bell to bell, blow for blow. Uh, both teams, you know, came ready. I mean, came ready to play. I mean, the first half was was not a good half for the Texans by any stretch of the imagination. But no. uh, the game it played itself out to be entertaining. It definitely did, and I mean, the entertainment was at a fever pitch down on Chippewa at Rec Room. The uh, biggest crowd that was unreal i the really place, wish i could have been there <laughs> the place was packed out and we we at trainer sports we've been covering games at rec room for nearly the entire season yep. now it's and to see time. what it's grown and grown into they really like they desire to be that number one spot if you're not going to be at the bills game right. itself they want to be the spot and this was like the culmination of the entire season the place two levels fully packed out Right. Every booth, every table. I mean, the place was bumping. It was it was an electric environment there, and I, it, you know the, the entire first half it was almost like a blur because things were going so well for the Bills. You had the Buffalo special on the first play, the Billy special. Right. I've seen it in right, some right. places, and you know from there on out, I mean, it seemed like things were rolling. The first half could not have gone any better. And we talked about it on the. Thomas Stickover postgame shows of weeks past where the Buffalo Bills were just unable to really get the ball moving offensively in the first half. And I literally thought to myself, this is the perfect time for the Bills to be moving the football forward in the first half. What better time than now than in the playoffs? First right. half was perfect. I couldn't have asked for a better for a better first half, albeit, you know, it was 13-0. They did leave some touchdowns on the board, but hey, they were adding to their lead and, and moving the ball and, and being methodical and play calling for as much criticism as I've had of Brian Dable, the, the Buffalo special, was phenomenal. And I'm thinking to myself, maybe Brian Dable is in my good graces. Maybe. Oh, maybe. Maybe. The <laughs> big maybe there with underlined, right. bold, italicized, but everything. Yeah, the Bills come out hot out of the gate, uh, the 13-0 first half, you know, I thought the defense looked just as good as they, as they have ever looked. And for me to say that, that says a ton because this Buffalo Bills defense was phenomenal throughout the entire season. Yes. That's arguably, I think, why they were there in that playoff game. You know, the offense has had these moments where they've kind of trudged along, whereas the defensive side of the ball has been stout. And oddly enough, when we're watching the game and we finally get this primetime treatment with Joe Tessitore and Booger McFarlane, more on those guys later, um, you see the breakdown of this Bills roster and you say to yourself, this, this defense is loaded with talent. Right. I mean, you see it on the, that ticker where it's got Shaq Lawson, Starla Tuye, Ed Oliver, Jordan Poe, just top to bottom depth wise they're pretty good as well and right. we thought that that would be enough you know in in that moment 
at halftime, 13 and nothing, and unfortunately it was not. No, no, and, and with the defense, you really couldn't have asked for anything more out of them this season. I know right. that they had a little bit of a lull after the bye week where we were letting some teams like Miami and Philly run the ball on us, mm-hmm. I mean, just at will. Right. But then they tightened up over the course of the season. Much credit to Leslie Frazier for doing an excellent job of coaching that side of the ball. Um, really hope that he's still in Buffalo after the season that we've had uh, and all the successes that he's had with a top-tier defense in the NFL. Uh, but yes, I mean, playmakers all across the board. And in the first half, I mean, the the DeAndre Hopkins, Trey White matchup oh that everybody was keying up on. That was the matchup that I was looking at the whole way. And I mean, right. Trey, and Trey White. Did it, Trey did an, he, he did an excellent job in the first half. He did an excellent job the first half. And Josh Allen had a receiving touchdown. Josh Allen had a catch, whereas DeAndre Hopkins did not. No. And, and for anyone to say that, that you – your head would explode even with the thought of that happening prior to the game. But just to go through the emotions of that game, it's, it's, I'm not going to lie to you driving in here, excuse me, driving in here, studio D I'm thinking to myself, how am I going to do this? (laughs) I'm going to go through this again. Oh, it was just for the first half to go as well as it did for the offense to really come out firing on all cylinders and for me to think, this might be the game where everything just comes together, regardless of what happens next week. I had so many Bills fans saying to me, Ryan, do you really think they'll beat Kansas City? Do you really think that, you know, depending on whoever they play next week, do you think they'll... I don't care. Right. I, it's a playoff. Uh, the playoff games obviously mean uh-huh. so much to young Bills fans like us. Right, right. Having not seen any until three years ago now. Right. Uh, at least live. And when you have the opportunity to win a playoff game in in a winnable game that, you know, with a, with a spread that was two and a half, three points, if it were played on a neutral site, it'd be a pick them. And the game was definitely there for the taking, especially the way that things were going in the first half. They didn't take over folks, but they They did did not not take take over. over. And what, and Ryan bring us through the second half and right, right out of the gates. It's like, you know, here we go again. The scene at rec room, the place was unglued right. when the Bills, and it was so it was so surprising when we kicked the ball off. You know the the ball right. They cut appears to, to be down to the right. average viewer, <laughs> but then oh, the Bills man. have the football and they're sing- signaling touchdown and. Uh, Talk about throwing people for a loop. Everybody right. knew what to do with themselves. Now, now I told Degenerate Al and I told Maniac and I told Ty B and I told the entire world, essentially, whoever was tuning into my Twitter account, that they would watch this show and see something that they've never seen before. So I saw something last night that I've never seen before. No. I'm 27 years old. Keep in mind, I'm watching the game with my dad, who's 53. He's 53, 54, whatever. Well, you you G- probably guys, know that. Guys in their 50s, guys in their 60s, they've watched football a lot longer than me, obviously. Yes. They have never seen that before. Where they, the broad, as far as the broadcast went, they were on the sideline reporter. She was talking about um, how Bill O'Brien was, was very upset with the first half effort that the Texans put forth. And they just cut to the field because the kickoff, they're like, hey, the kickoff is what it is. The guy will just down it. If it's Stephen Hoshka kicking those, who was phenomenal yesterday, by the way. Yes. Um, kicking, you know, kicking it through the end zone or it's going to get down. So they didn't even show the kickoff. And then when they cut to it, 
just as Van Miller would say, uh, fandemonium, pandemonium, just everybody flipping out on the Bills' sideline, jumping for joy, saying that, hey, that that's a touchdown. And when they show the replay, the returner gets the ball, and rather than downing it, he goes to toss it to the head referee, the guy wearing the white hat, and the ref literally goes like this, do not throw me the football. He throws it, backs off, a Buffalo Bill comes running into the end zone to recover it. Scoops it up. Scoops it up. That's a touchdown. In yeah. my eyes, that's a touchdown. In, in the eyes of the, the general public, whether you had a rooting interest in this game or not, that's a touchdown. And that was a huge, I don't want to say momentum swing, but it literally took the wind out of my sails because I knew that, hey, that's, you know, going into the second half, you know that Buffalo doesn't get the ball. You know, defensively, they got to come out. They receive the ball to start the game. That was a huge swing of just uh, wind being completely taken out of my sails at that moment. I'm thinking to myself, what is going on? Right. And with that particular play, much like everyone else who is watching this game, we're probably trying to figure out, okay, what's going on? So when you see the referees getting into their own huddle to discuss the play, we're, I, I remember waiting for the replay because I'm like, I. I need to the, see the, the replay. Those yeah. scored, but I need to. Know, <laughs> right. I don't know how, and right. I need to figure this out. So I go in, and you know they they're showing the replays. They show a couple of different angles. I'm like the the second time I watch it, I'm like, okay, right. that's really really odd. I've never seen this before. But by rule, I don't know what what is taking them so long to discuss this. And then I believe they they, they might have even cut to a commercial. They come back. And all of a sudden, the points are off the board. Yeah, they were cutting to they cut they cut to Joe Tessitore and Booger McFarland as they kind of showed that the sideline guys, the guys wearing the black, you know, flak jackets or whatever you want to call them, um, wind jackets, windbreakers. Those are like the sideline judges. Those are the guys that I guess have more say than the guy wearing the white hat that is referred to as the head ref. Like I, right. I, 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 I won't lie to you guys. I'm I don't know how the exact refereeing power hierarchy is structured i i don't i don't follow that i'm following the x's and o's and the game and, and allen versus tech the texans and all that stuff so when they show these guys that i've never seen before i'm like who are these guys in the black jackets it right. was very odd it's safe to say it was, yeah, it was very odd and i've never seen that before in my life right and it's with the officiating i mean we'll get into that a little bit more uh later in the show but the officiating that was sort of the that was sort of the first significant play of many questionable calls on both sides of the ball. But, many questionable I mean, calls. Yep. You know, you never want to leave the the game in the hands of the refs. Right. I'm not. I, I personally am not one of the mind frame to hang games on refs, even though the officiating, in my opinion, was very poor uh, for a playoff football game. I mean, you're seeing things that you've never seen before, and you know, it, with a call like that. It shifted the momentum so much in my mind that you have the Bills sideline. They're going nuts. Right. They are, you know, they, they think, oh, my goodness, we kicked the PAT. We're up 20 to nothing. Right. And, 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 and the Texans haven't even had a possession in the second half. You know, think, think about going from that mentality. Right. And then they remove the touchdown. Texans get the ball. And they, it, it felt like the Texans had a second chance, a second wind off of this. And Allen... In particular, for the Bills offensively, he struggled really in the right. second half. I mean, he struggled mightily in the second half, and it, it's it's sort of been one of those things where it, it, you know we've talked about it 
ad nauseum on this show. Yes, we have. The inconsistencies, the the tale of two halves when it comes to Josh. And it was, I mean, it was like the the entire 2019 season in a nutshell, this, this wild card playoff game. 100%. And folks, this is where we get down to what I call brass tacks, getting down to the nitty gritty of diving into not necessarily who to point the finger at, who to point the blame at, and, and who to kind of poke and prod, but there is plenty of blame to go around. I mean, in, in yes. terms of in terms of where we look at this second half, how this second half became a train wreck, pun intended, on the Buffalo Bills. I mean, going into that first half, best first half I think they've played all season long. Yes. And, I, and I'll say it you know, until I'm blue in the face or red in the face. I cannot believe how the second half was just a complete breakdown uh, between Allen, between the fact that they did put themselves into neutral rather than stepping on the gas. They put themselves in neutral. They finished a lot of these drives in the second half and even in the first half with field goals. And knowing that Devin Singletary runs at a 5.1 yard per carry clip and was essentially putting the offense on his back, I was shocked at how, not just in the second half, but in overtime, he had one touch in, in overtime. Like, that just blows my one, mind. One touch. Right. And that's another thing that we've discussed. When, when Singletary's touches are up, the Bills succeed. Right. And I don't understand when, when you come into the playoffs with an offensive game plan, how you stray from that. Or how the Bills, like the Bills, if, if the armchair analysts here at Trainwreck Sports understand right. that, the Buffalo Bills understand that. Right. So when, when Singletary gets one touch, I, I, I get it. There's adjustments that are made. You know, Houston's defense probably were given some looks that weren't conducive to Singletary ripping off five-plus yards, right. you know, on, on that average. But, it, you know, it, 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 you, you wonder with folks like Dable calling plays up in the booth, Allen, you know, being very inconsistent, what was he? He was 24 of 46. I remember saying. On the, uh, on the afternoon. Yeah, and, and early in the afternoon before the game around 1 o'clock, I went live on my Twitter, at Ryan Thomas Take, and I dove into the game, and I said to myself, literally, if Josh Allen throws the ball more than 35 times, we're going to lose. And, and, and I'm not saying it because Josh Allen is not good. I'm not saying it because I don't think he's ready. I'm saying it because – Something went. Something would have had to have go wrong in the in the fact that Devin Singletary didn't get the ball at the clip that I would want. And you look at his stat line; he had touches in this offense. He had six catches. He had you know over fifteen carries. But at the same time, he was so effective, and they had the lead in the second half. It was almost like the Atlanta Falcons syndrome, where Super Bowl a few years back, just give the ball to Devonte Freeman. You have a a two-possession lead, why are we throwing the ball as much as we are, especially with a second-year quarterback that you know it and I know it, the biggest criticism that I have of Josh Allen is that he doesn't get the ball out of his hand quick enough. When he right. sees the open guy, he looks him down too long. There was a play to uh, Dawson Knox where Dawson Knox was literally from from me to you know the other side of the room, and, and Allen was looking at him, and then he looked the other way, and it's like, that guy's open. Get right. him the ball. You know, Just little things like that uh, I think are, are the huge thorn in the side. And you touched on Brian Dable. Um, as far as my criticism of him, I've criticized him the entire season, and I've been given flack for it. I don't know why. I don't understand it. But, you know, 
if I posted tweets and if I posted opinions for everybody to agree to and thinking that everybody would agree to them, I'd be a pretty lonely guy, right? Like, <laughs> you'd be a pretty lonely guy if you're, if you're posting <laughs> tweets and stuff thinking that everybody's going to agree with what you say. I don't expect everybody to agree with me, but what I do expect is for the fans that even in the victories and even in the losses within this season, the play calling situational play calling in particular of Brian Dable has been lacking the entire season. Right. And, and, and it comes at a time where tomorrow he's set to interview somehow for the head coaching position of the Cleveland Browns. And I might not be as critical as you on Dable, right? but it kind of like taking a step back, it kind of blows my mind that someone with a bottom 10 offense Throughout his entire career, not just with the Buffalo Bills, can somehow like you know transform himself into being a, a productive head coach in the NFL. Let alone with the Cleveland Browns, who have an offense that was just as much, if not more, of a mess than ours this year, with far more talent. Right, degenerate danger zone. They could they could place this bet. Brian Dable, if he becomes a head coach. Under five wins, no matter where he goes. Under five wins. And under, I, I, I just say over under two and a half years, Ryan. I would say under, <laughs> if, especially if it goes to Cleveland. They recycle coaches like like plastic bottles. I yeah, mean, they, they, they got two <laughs> two years. If you, if you haven't figured it out in two right. years, you're basically you're out. <laughs> and I mean Baker Mayfield. It's no secret that he likes to roast a coach every now and then. So I I um I look at Dable and and I know you know a lot of the guys that do criticize or, or do kind of push give me some pushback on the takes. My boy Matt Perino, love the guy. You know he's he's a fan. I'm a fan of him. He's a fan of me. We disagree, agree to disagree. But after watching that game with that first half coming out the way they did, outside of that first half, DJ Supreme with the trick plays and all that stuff beyond the trick plays, the offensive game plan went completely out the. Exactly. I, don't, I don't I don't know if there was one because if there was one, I can't even say that this offense was vanilla. I can't say that they were conservative, but what I can say is what I've already you know, reiterated in that they had a lead, they put it in neutral, they let the Texans, who had nothing to lose, they were already losing, they only had time on their side, essentially, when Buffalo kept giving the ball back to them, to take over this game. Right, and it's, it seemed like it came to a culmination right as the game was ending, where Watson's finding the end zone, they get the two points, then, he, he then he's finding the end zone the end again. Zone. Right. It's another two-point conversion. The Bills have been very strong in the red zone in in throughout the course of the season defensively. And it, much credit to Deshaun Watson, to the Texans offense, right. to the Texans as a whole. I mean, you you do as you much as this one cap. hurts. You got to You have to give credit yep. to the team who won the game. I mean, because they could have done nothing. We could have beat them, what, 13, 16, nothing, 19, nothing, whatever. And a bad and, team would have just squandered those opportunities that Buffalo gave, you know, right, and, and exactly. they didn't, you know. So. Exactly. So, yes, did the, did the Bills blow this game? Of course. Yeah. But you, ha- you also have to say that the Texans won the game at the same time because you got to give credit where credit is due. And if it were the other way around, if we were down and it's 16 nothing Texans and we storm back and come back, we wouldn't want to hear about how – Oh, the Texans blew it. Even right. though that would be the national media narrative because right. it's a larger market. Right. Um, you know, as far as you know, that the end of the game. Thankfully, we got that Stephen Hauschka 
Hausch money. Man, he was field unbelievable. Goal. He, yeah, yes, and he, he, was. he really turned it on he did. late in the year. After, we were, after we were a worried few about misses him for a while. down the stretch, we were, we were like, uh-oh. Uh, I was worried about so, him. I know, I know special, teams, special teams has never been an issue for the Buffalo Bills franchise, so, you know. You know. There's, there's but, arguably, you know, this, the whole Steve Tasker thing was trending on Twitter that he didn't make the Hall of Fame, right. you know, Hall of Fame ballot. So it's, uh, yeah, I mean, Hauschka was awesome. And yes. as far as, uh, you know, going into that second half, I thought that the defense really started to break down. They did. And, and, and They're spending too much time on the field right, because of Allen right. sp- trying to spread the ball around and being very inconsistent. Now your defense, they have less and less rest in between drives, and you could see him break down. And luckily with Hauschka, he kicks that field goal, makes it 19-19. Now we're in overtime. Now, now I, I at least I was feeling, and I feel like the crowd at Rec Room as a whole – we were kind of feeling like, oh, all right. Now we now the Bills might have a second wind after what happened at the end or at the beginning of the second half, rather. Right. Now we have a little bit of a second wind, and and here we go. And, and, and you know, I thought it was brilliant when Sean McDermott went for on fourth and twenty something. Yeah. I really did, and the only reason why was because that kick was was a distance. That kick was maybe 58, 60 yards, I think, around there. Right. I know Hauschka was Hausch money, but they had three timeouts. They did have a defense that at that point was more rested than in previous drives, and it actually paid off because that Buffalo Bills defense, oh, my Lord, they they shut down the Texans on that next drive to get the ball back, and for that drive to end the way that it did at the result of a blindside block penalty on Cody Ford, which will go down in history as one of the worst calls that I have ever seen, and one of the worst calls against a Buffalo team, which says a lot. You got no goal. You got Music City Miracle. You got all those. But that was ju- that changed the entire game. It was awful. Ball. It was an awful call. I mean, it was a, it was a penalty that they didn't even really show on the replay. I I saw. I heard that they called the penalty. Then I see that the Bills are backing up, and they're backing up 15 yards to put them just outside of Hauschka's field goal range. Right. And then they didn't show it. And I'm just hearing about it, and I saw replays on Twitter after the fact. And, I mean, for it to be overtime in a playoff game, <laughs> for you to call that, I mean, it was it, it, it was really, really bad, what in happened, my opinion. What happened really to the, bad. the old verbiage of, like, the ref should only throw a flag if it actually affects the play? Like, that play was over. Like, that play was done. Allen was running into the sideline. By the time Cody Ford had met that defender – face-to-face, almost like where we're sitting right now, literally, like, that was not a blindside block. A blindside block would literally be, if I'm coming at you from the left or right, blindside, and and he's not seeing it. He was face-to-face, they were turned, and the guy, like, I think the defender was even shocked that that was called on Houston. Yes, because, well, I I would say that there's no arguing the fact that there should be a blindside block rule, because when it's actually a blindside block... Right, right, right. It's an it's an 100%. extremely unsafe play for for the person being blindsided, and those are the types of hits and the types of plays that should be out of the game of football to make it a safer game. One hundred percent. But what's what's Cody Ford going to do? Not block him right. from the Ole? Hey, yeah, hey, hey, feel the, feel free to go after Josh Allen and the my linebacker, quarterback, the linebacker. What's he going to do? Right. What is he going to do? The line the linebacker defender literally tried to run over Cody Ford. Like, if you had to run past him, like, they, they met. I mean, that, that's football. Like, really, we're, we're, 
we're starting to get a little too over analytical on how to make football safer. Like if that if that is a flag that they think makes football safer, come on. Yeah. Like that that in that instance, no, no. It, it's I mean, for me to to really pinpoint one moment in the game that made me think to myself this is awful like th- that was the moment where i was just like i don't even know if i can watch this because josh allen for all the struggles that he had yesterday i thought josh allen fa- his face looked like flushed he looked shell-shocked and maybe he was prepared to play the game but he wasn't prepared to win it that moment he gets a couple yards and you think Hauschka game winner over but no yeah and it's i mean driving down transit road this morning going to tim's trying to grab a coffee what else are you going to do after a a bill's loss like this on sunday morning you go to tim morton's you get yourself some breakfast and i'm driving past one of the fire departments on transit road and i don't want to put them on blast but one of them they're like same old bills with a frowny face like you know emoji that's that's not on their on their like little led sign out front i'm like come on like what Buffalo, when are we going to get out of the mentality that these things are supposed to happen to us? I mean, yeah, it's like ridiculous. I get it. It was yeah. two the 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 bad call at the end of the uh, at the beginning of the second half and that play call. Those were awful penalties. But to have that same mentality of the woe is me, we're miserable. This is the this is the best football season I've seen in my entire life. Mine too. Yeah. Like firsthand. <laughs> right. So did you remember? Yeah. And, and need we remind ourselves that we also have most of the roster coming back. We have drafted one of our best rookie classes in history. The last three have been awesome. Uh, yeah. Not to mention the 80 to 90 million in cap space, million right, right. in cap space right. that we have going into this offseason. And oh, one thing we, one big thing we forgot to mention because we were all so depressed about how the Bills lost the game. The New England Patriots also lost their football game to the Tennessee Titans. I was supposed to start the show off with that to provide the Bills fans a little bit of optimism, but I really wanted to dive into the game. The New England Patriots dynasty could very well be over. Tom Brady, I don't know if he's done yet, but he might be. I think that was the last time we'll ever see him in a Patriots uniform, if he's retired or if he's not. Wow. I really do. That's a big take. And if if that career ends in New England like that, Man, that was I'm I'm sorry for all the fans out there, they're Bills fans saying that Bills fans shouldn't be happy about that. You got to be out of your mind. The last 20 years we've spent watching the Patriots kick our ass. Let's just be honest. And we might not have that happen next year. That team might look completely different. Well, I, if people are jumping ship. McDaniel's could take a head coaching job because they're a sinking ship. Yeah, or he might fake it again. Or he might fake it. Fake it till you make it. Well, he, well he, he, I mean, if Tom goes somewhere else, you got to think McDaniels is going to go with him. Maybe. That's I think that that's, yeah, that that's, that's how he leaves New I Those two will probably follow each other. If if they do leave, I see them both going to the same that's place. That's a really interesting point. But, I never thought of that. But with, with the division, going into the season every year, you're thinking, well, hopefully we can sweep the Jets and sweep the Dolphins because you know pencil in those Patriots games as losses. I mean, not so much. Da yeah. Da gave me the record. You know, on the last show that we did, it's like what thirty two and three, thirty two and three, some, or something stupid yeah. like that. I mean, so you're penciling those games in as losses, right, and right. if they're not, then that's great. But 
every time we've beaten the Patriots, they go on to win the Super Bowl that year. So, And that record, the common know. denominator, there were great. I mean, they've had so many great teams. They've interchanged so many great players. But the common denominator is Tom Brady. If, yes. if Brady's not there, then I think that's, that, you know. I, I don't think it's a Yes and no. I don't think it's a crash and burn if he leaves. No, not a crash and burn. But because they, Bill Belichick is the, also the greatest head coach yeah, of all time. I can see them going like eight and eight, nine and seven. You yes. know, kind of, kind of teetering yeah, they, on that. They, they'd be like it would level. make the division a lot more competitive. But For they, sure. they, Bill Belichick would still out coach right everybody else. But does, in the NFL, if Brady, not just our division. If Brady leaves, does Belichick leave too? You know, I, it could. I you never know. Nah, man, you never I don't, know. I don't, I don't see think that so. I don't think so either because I feel like he he really will coach until the day he dies. To be honest, that guy is just a football fanatic at heart. But yes. the whole AFC, the way it's going to shake out, you know, this season, I know, I know for a fact it ended with a bitter, bitter pill to swallow. I mean, it it, it will really hurt chewing on this loss from January until July when training camp really starts going around. But to be honest, I think once March hits and, and once we see how the Bills spend this $90 million that they have in cap space, how they draft, Brandon Bean has done a phenomenal job uh, drafting really great players that fit not just the coaches, not the, not just the schemes, but actually fit what the Bills have built um, as as a process if you will of the team yes it has been phenomenal and i think the the future is bright there's no doubt about it and that doesn't change that this was just a little bit of a speed bump in the road that they're gonna have to just drive over and yes look not look back (laughs) i no, i agree 100 percent. and i guess the 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 long road we took to my point is that there's a lot to be optimistic about i'm an optimistic guy and i think with this team you know once once the sting of this loss is over as you said we're, we have a lot to look forward to, and the future is very bright for the Buffalo Bills. For the first time in our life, well, the first time since Jim Kelly, really, mm-hmm. we right. we we know who our guy is at quarterback. One hundred percent. Whether you know whether he takes that next step and continues to improve next year, that's one thing. Right. But he's Josh Allen has shown a lot of improvement from year one to year two. Yes, he's inconsistent for you know many of the games that he plays in, mm-hmm. but he's also you know, he, he, he doesn't let the big games get too big. He has the mentality for it. Right. He's a great leader. He has the tools. And I'm convinced that with maybe some better play calling from an offensive coordinator position, whether Dable goes to Cleveland, I don't think I, I don't see him being with the Buffalo Bills next season. I just don't know how it's going to shake out. I certainly and, hope not. <laughs> no, but with Josh <laughs> right, Allen, if, right, he, right. If, if you're if you're going to, you know, Look at what look at what Baltimore's done with Lamar Jackson, Mark Ingram, RG three. Their whole offense they tailored it around the quarterback. Josh Allen, he's dynamic. He needs to focus on his inconsistencies and accuracy, his decision making, his ball security. No doubt about it. But there's a lot to look forward to there. And then that's one position that we're not going to have to worry about going into the offseason. We're not going to be drafting a quarterback. We're not. You know, we're 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 going to be building out the offensive line. You know, building on that maybe getting some length at wide receiver, some height, mm-hmm. and then filling in some of the gaps on defense. And we have a – I mean, and okay, maybe, Zoe's going away. Right, right. We get Harrison Phillips back. Remember him? Right, remember, yeah. He remember, was, remember 9-9? Man, he was set. I'm telling you guys, like training camp, being at the training camp, I'm like, my God, this guy is a warrior. <laughs> like, yes. he's, he's a monster. And, and there's moments where it's like, okay, Ed Oliver was a first-round pick. And I love Ed Oliver. He no. turned it on phenomenal. Love, I love, love you, Ed. Oliver. Love you, Ed. 
But then you look at Harrison Phillips and you're like, why wasn't that guy a first round pick? <laughs> he's, right. yeah, exactly. he's a very yeah, good exactly. player. And I'm very ex- I mean, to say that I'm to say that I'm more excited about direct about the direction of the team now than I've ever been, I think is an understatement, to be honest. Like for all the yes. heartache that we went that we've gone through with like Lossman and Manual and and the regime changes and the GMs that couldn't draft to save their lives. Literally, because they got fired because they couldn't draft. You bring in Brandon Bean, who's been you know in Carolina for like 19 years. He's primed and ready for the opportunity, and he didn't come to take part. Came to take over Buffalo. He's taken over the roster, and the team is is better than it's been in a long time, and trending in the right direction. Absolutely, 100. So as we dive into, we dove into the game. We dove into all of our thoughts from a you know game watching fan perspective. Uh, now is the time, I guess you could say, for the three rundowns of the game, oh, yeah. the train wreck of the game, takeover player of the game, and last but not least, we'll end the show with my Thomas takeaway and, and my hopes for the season as well next year. Yes, indeed. And uh, I, think, I think it would be fitting if you started with the takeover player of the game. So I'm interested to hear what you have to say. Honestly, the, to me, I cannot pick another player but Devin Singletary as the takeover player of the game. He is the shoe-in, unanimous. I mean, Josh Allen had his struggles. Devin Singletary, this this guy is is such a smart runner. The ability for him to actually create holes, his vision is unbelievable. And for how short he is in stature... The, the the way he plays, he plays big. He plays big in big moments. He gets the clutch yards. And you can tell that he's learned a, f- a few things, a thing or two from Frank Gore. He's always fallen forward for that 5'8 body to be falling forward, running through the defenders. I thought this was Devin Singletary's best game in, in terms of an impact standpoint. No doubt about it. Takeover player of the game. Fantastic. Yeah, I, I, I would have to agree with you 100% because not only does he play big and he plays smart and he falls forward, but there, I, I've heard this before where there's an art to being tackled as a running back so that you're not just getting pulverized on every single play. Man, he is and such smart. <laughs> nobody, like right. you can tell the way that he like moves his body or the way that he runs, like where he runs to when he feels that pressure and he knows he's going to be tackled. He's He's smart and I think it could go a long way in years to come for his durability because, you know, 100%, it's a, it's a right. great ability to have in the NFL. It is. The the best ability is reliability in the NFL. So I, I definitely think he's the uh, takeover player of the game. And then as far as the train wreck of the game, I would honestly say the entire second half, the entire second half. From yeah. a coaching standpoint, you know, I've criticized Brian Dable, and it's easy to do that. He gives me some ammo every now and then throughout the season. But it was rough for me to watch that game and to have reasons to criticize size Leslie Frazier who I think has done a phenomenal job with this defense in this game though a little bit of wear and tear on that defense a little bit of the defense being out there too too long um, but playing off quite often on you know the Texans offense kind of giving the Texans yards even in certain plays playing zone rather than you know tight man-to-man coverage uh, that was a little bit frustrating for me I won't lie <laughs> but at, at the same time would we have been in this playoff game if it was if it wasn't for Leslie Frazier, like maybe not, you know, like he was that right. dynamic as a as a defensive coordinator. And listening to how he analyzed the games throughout the season, he's definitely the the right guy for Sean McDermott too. They work in unison together, so I think Leslie Frazier's job is safe. I'm not saying that, but um, there were moments in yesterday's game where I'm left scratching my head, saying to myself, "Why aren't we playing? Why aren't we blitzing more? Why aren't we going after Watson a little bit more?" Watson uh, Taurus. 
apart as far as extending plays, trying to find running lanes. He was doing his best Josh Allen impression, um, you know, in, in certain moments of that game. And I think it was due to the fact that he knew that there was no pressure coming. It, it was just pure That's zone true. coverage. And plus, well, and, and not to mention some of the missed tackles, especially in the backfield. I'm thinking of 100%. Uh, oh, Neil Mo, and Neil I love Milano. It's right. like it's like you love these guys. You love Frazier. You love Milano. You love. I mean, you love Allen. Mm-hmm. But the everybody, I mean, it, 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 that's why the second half, I think, is the perfect way uh, to describe the train wreck of the game. Because okay, you could point the finger at Allen and his inconsistencies, but there was, I mean, there it was, wouldn't be fair there were so many different one plays guy, right. that could have been made uh, and opportunities to take over, but we just took part instead. <laughs> right. But well, Thomas well said, hey, but last, certainly not least, right. Thomas take away the game. Thomas, take away the game from me uh, as this season comes to a close. I think prematurely, I thought the Buffalo Bills had the team to beat the Texans and the thorn in the side of the team. um, You could say what you want. We could analyze player for player as we have. But I think the success in 2020 is crucial, depending on the fact of whether Brian Dable is the offensive coordinator or not. I, I really believe that I think Josh Allen needs a younger, more, free freeing coach that will let Allen uh, embrace his athleticism more rollouts more play action more dynamic play calls within the offense and I've said it till I'm red in the face uh Brian Dable I feel like one of the better things that could happen would be a subtraction by addition of Dable moving on and, and taking another job if he takes a head coaching job it might be the best thing for this team because play calling has just not been there you're you're spot on with the play calling not being there at least consistently consistently in my opinion yes yeah dialed up some really nice plays over the course of the mm-hmm. season i mean <laughs> right you look at the by the, the star- buffalo special yesterday to start things right. off on the first drive was absolutely electric and i wouldn't have traded that play no, in that moment i wouldn't have anything. either right but uh, but after hey, that, he was milk I mean, carton material right. in the second half. Where'd he go? And I did, thought, he, did he did he have to? He was in the booth. Did he get lost on the way to the bathroom and get locked out of the booth? Like th- what I, happened? I think he got lost in the Cheetos, and I, I'm not gonna lie. I've been Whoa, there a time. Boy. I've been there a time or two, you know. So it, hey. it is what it is. But you know, I I don't I don't want to say it like oh I'm I'm you know throwing Brian Dable to the wolves. I just feel like literally X's and O's wise, his offense does not fit who we have. It just it just doesn't. It's not consistent enough of an offense, play calling wise, for us to have consistent production. And you know, I, I'm very interested to see how this this next off season, as we go into this next off season, I think Sean McDermott has some really big decisions to make, and they're the, they're the decisions that a head coach has to make a time or two. When you do have success, you do see players leave, or you see coaches leave, and that'll be interesting to see how he handles that. Yep. And in the words of you. <laughs> don't let the door hit you on the way out. So, I, I could I couldn't hey. say it any better myself. And to provide the Bills fans with a with a closing monologue, there is light at the end of the tunnel as we close out the show here. Yes. Um, as we look forward to these wild card games, we still got some great games to watch. Yeah, uh, give, give give the folks a little preview. What who are you liking today? We have Saints hosting the Vikings for probably the ultimate revenge game. Yes, and I mean it, I I don't think that with the Saints. It's not will they win. I would be shocked, absolutely stunned if they lose this game. To me, this is one of those how much are they going to win by, not 
will they win? I would be stunned if the Saints didn't win this game either. And I feel like this is the year where Drew Brees knows that, hey, this is probably my last shot to win a Super Bowl. I mean, he's at, yeah. he's at the last prime year of his career, kind of like Peyton Manning in 2013. Ultimately, he went back to one and got one, but he wasn't really in his prime at that point. Right, right. So like that last prime, legit, elite of the elite season where Drew Brees just has tore it up since he came back from his injury. He's been phenomenal. Michael Thomas is the best receiver in the league, in my opinion. And it's in the greatness is not just within the name, folks. So I think that <laughs> I think that Michael Thomas is phenomenal, and I think that um, I think the Saints will win. And as far as the next game is uh, Philly and, and Green Bay, right? Philly Philly hosting Philly hosting uh, uh, Seattle, oh, that's right? Philly Seattle. hosting Seattle, that's right. Yes, Philly and hosting Seattle, and I, I think Seattle is going to take that one. I feel ooh, like, ooh. I really do. I feel like Seattle is being looked past for some reason and it goes to kind of what uh you me and uh degenerate out were talking about off the air the game that they played the 49ers yes they're they're a tough team man they they are tough I, I don't know how well the run game is going to be with a with a let's just say pudgy marshawn lynch <laughs> but you know it is what it is he's, he's got to roll, he's, roll been, he's been getting the munchies man i mean you know you know how, <laughs> you know how that goes so i think with well with the seahawks I, I saw how they played, and they, they played really well and hung on to win against San Francisco last week. Yes. And what was a very exciting game, game. And what, awesome and like game. Awesome yep. the, game. The, like, game of inches. I mean, it was a game of, like, fractions of an inch fractions. when it came down Literally. to that last play. Was that, uh, uh, was that uh, was it was it Hollister? Or what, think, no, uh, mm, what was the tight end that? No, I can't remember. The, can't remember who it was. Can't remember who. I don't think it was Kittle. It was their other. It was their other guy. Yeah. Um. Literally it, like it, this. Like, yeah, like that far yeah, away. Yeah, it was just. Oh man, was awesome. that was that was that was insane. <laughs> and I was so glad to not have a rooting interest in either team, just right. to like be just excited as a fan. Game, finally, because if that were the bill, <laughs> like if that were the Bills yesterday, I would have just, I would, I, I would have just crawled under the stage at rec room and hid there for for weeks I'm, I'm pumped up for the rest of the playoffs i know i'll be watching but i'm even more pumped up for the rest of this entire 2020 year i, I knew that 2020 would start off with either a bitter pill to swallow or j jubilation if they won this game but um you know knowing that you know being a part of the train wreck sports brand putting out content whether it's the thomas takeover post game show my podcast the thomas take sports podcast which is on trainwrecksports.com uh, just all the stuff that we have going i mean as far as what to expect following me um you're gonna expect some deep in-depth draft coverage especially in you know in particular for the buffalo bills obviously that's right uh and you know mock draft central will be you know rt train wreck sports uh and i'm very excited for not just you know football related stuff but combat sports related stuff mma is starting off with the return of the notorious one conor mcgregor january 18th against donald cerrone and those guys have been two of my favorite fighters for the better part of the last decade so the fact that they're getting in there and they're going to swap punches is going to be awesome and i'm just excited dude i really am this this has been a phenomenal season the bills fans all the fans that i've met has been a true blessing so bills fans show up 2020 let's put this one in the rear view right yes and a, <laughs> and a big shout out to as you said all the bills fans all the all the train wreck passengers who have yep. tuned into the thomas takeover post game show all yep. season long it's been so much fun getting together i know al isn't here today but he was nice enough to uh let us break in through one of the side windows of the basement to uh <laughs> to studio d here uh al will we'll forge you the invoice but i mean uh, all jokes aside this is a fantastic bill season yeah Keep, hold your heads high, Bills fans, because we have a lot to look forward to. You know, with this one stings. It's going to sting, but we have 
probably the brightest future ahead of us, at least out of any Bills offseason and looking ahead 100%. into the 2020 Bills season. I am as optimistic as ever, and I think that we, you know, we all should be. And I, it's going to be agree. really exciting, not not to mention all the other sports that we have going on. You know, the, the, the Sabres, maybe, maybe, maybe there's a big maybe, big maybe they can turn things around, <laughs> right. but we have the mixed martial arts. We have, you know, draft coverage, free agency coverage. <laughs> we got the Masters. I'm going to be out in Arizona for the, covering the Waste Management Open Golf Tournament, which is going to be at awesome. time. That's awesome. And I just, I, I'm, I'm really looking forward to 2020 as well. And, I am. You know, yeah. Big things a, to come. I, kn- I knew, you know, January 1st, 2020, I'm like, oh boy. I know I'm ready for this year. Is everybody else ready? Is that the is, that's the question? Is everybody else ready? I know they're ready. For it. That's the question you have to ask Are yourselves you over there. For it? Are you ready for the takeover? That's the question. <laughs> I don't know. So yeah, thank they, you everybody for tuning in. I'm Ryan Thomas. It was DJ Supreme Thomas Takeover Post Game Show. Greatly enjoyed the season. And last but not least, go Bills.